Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Campbell Fleming, a legend in the financial services industry. He's also the CEO of Asset Co. PLC and chairman of the Big Exchange. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese for Flex in the City, all about great leadership in the financial services industry. And I'm thrilled to have an Australian representative, somebody who I know very well, Sir Campbell Fleming, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Asset Co. and the Chairman and Director of the Big Exchange. Thank you, Cam, for joining us. Absolute pleasure, Rachel. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And it's a great privilege to be on this podcast with you. You're very, very welcome. So I know you well, but I probably don't know exactly your whole career history, you know, where you started. I do remember that you're a barrister. So would you be able to explain to me and the listeners a little bit about your journey? Sure. Started on the wrong side of the tracks in New South Wales in Australia. Um, a very humble and, and simple upbringing. I was the first um, sort of first member of the extended family uh, to basically get professional qualifications. I tried bricklaying with my uncle for a little while and decided that uh, being a lawyer might be a little bit easier. So uh, I did that. Um, I qualified through the Attorney General's Department, did a fair bit of work with the Australian Securities Commission and, and the like. Met my wife. This is 1993. Uh, she's English. We moved. I moved to London in 1995. Ended up working um, at Fleming's. No connection there. Uh, in Robert Fleming Asset Management, was there when we merged with uh, Chase and JP Morgan, spent a little while, um, almost 15 years there, 14 or about, went to uh, Columbia Threadneedle, where um, I was ended up being the um, CEO. Then I was uh, joined Aberdeen, spent uh, almost five years at Aberdeen and Standard Life Aberdeen, and now um, joined Martin Gilbert at Asset Co, um, where he's the chairman and I'm the CEO with um, some former colleagues. Fantastic. And remind me, uh, there was a story, if I recall, about how you ended up joining Fleming's back in the day because you were at the regulator, weren't you? So, so tell us a little bit about that story. Oh, that's that's uh, gone into industry legend, but don't believe everything you hear. But um, <laughs> yeah, I met, um, I, I met the Fleming group and several of the senior directors and uh, during the, the series of meetings with them, they said uh, I was basically offered a job to help them, uh, you know, on the, the risk regulatory and, and legal front. And uh, from there, I, I stepped into, uh, into management and spent some time in Luxembourg, where I had the great pleasure of meeting you, Rach, and, and several other our friends and former colleagues. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit a more. Long about... ago, the way, it was and, a long time ago, by the way. It was a long time ago. Oh, and you like a lot better than I have. In fact, you don't you don't look any different to when I first met you. Oh, thank you. Flattery will get you everywhere, Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, tell me a little bit more about Asset Co. So what are you and Martin doing with Asset Co? We're an AIM-listed company. We're sort of 100, 150 million in, in market cap. We're basically trying to build tomorrow's asset and wealth management company today. So we're acquiring and growing businesses that we feel are going to be well-placed to deal with the enormous amount of opportunity that's out there, but also the several big threats that are facing the industry. So public assets to private assets, you know, specific to thematic and, you know, ensuring that you've got a very relevant, cost-effective and uh, client-facing and uh, 
you know, purpose-driven company. Yeah. So And so what's the big, big difference? You talked about tomorrow's asset management company today. How would you describe the big difference, Campbell? I think the big difference is, is, is asset coast not constrained by legacy, in, you know, in, in almost any front. So we've almost got a blank sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. So asset coast is going to be a very thin holding company. Underneath it will have three core capabilities, active high conviction equities, uh, some private market um, strategies, and also thematic uh, ETFs. And within that triangulation of capabilities and that strong focus, that accounts for somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters of expected industry uh, flows and revenues over the next five to ten years. Wow, exciting stuff. Um, And and so, as well as Asset Code, tell us about the big exchange, because I know you're the chairman of the big exchange, um, and, and I think that's fascinating. So tell us a bit more about that, Campbell. Yeah, the big exchange is an industry initiative that um, several of us founded. It's got about 18 uh, asset management companies, uh, small to large, mm-hmm. supporting it. And uh, we think we launched, certainly in Europe, the first ever uh, impact platform where people, uh, private investors, uh, retail investors can go on and they can find uh, funds that are uh, independently rated for their impact on the on people, the planet, or both, on the basis of a gold, silver, or bronze rating, mm. and also put into bundles. So we're you know nearing five thousand customers. Um, it's uh, we'd like to grow a little bit um, faster, but um, you know um, it is what it is at the moment. There's a fair bit going on in markets and economies, uh, so we're we're encouraged by the fact that. Two-thirds of our um, investors are people who've invested previously. And uh, what they said is they wanted to invest with impact, but they didn't know where to go to and how. And the other third are first-time investors. And over more than half of them are females, which um, Hmm. is is quite important as well because, um, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're quite encouraged to make sure that we've got a very diverse and inclusive offering. So it sounds like it's diverse, inclusive, um, sustainable, and, and targeted perhaps at people that might have been a little confused about um, the industry historically. Yeah, we, we decided to try the simple and elegant route. Uh, mm-hmm. We tried to do an uber-functional, uh, very clear, very simple proposition, um, takes people on quite a simple journey and tries to speak to them in a way that doesn't befuddle, confuse, or in any way um, frighten them. Mm, absolutely. So, so talk. I mean, the big exchange and ASIC Co both seem like big game changers. Is there anything else that you think would be a game changer and would make this this industry better and more sustainable? Look, uh, I think it's you know I think it's doing pretty well in the circumstances. We've had a a, a tough couple of decades, but the, you know the one the one thing that would really change, I think, is if. Someone said to me many years ago, it was um, the marketing director of Vodafone. He said to me, Campbell, the problem with your industry is the exact opposite of mine. In my industry, I've got things that everyone wants, but they don't really need. And you've got the reverse, i.e. they need financial services and good financial services, but then they don't really understand why they want it. And I think the the game changer will come when we start all communicating and um, engaging with clients in a way to make sure they understand that they need us and so therefore they want what we offer. And, of course, the next step is if you 
if people want what you what you offer, you've got to make sure that it's it's relevant, effective, simple, cheap, and compliant. So, so how does the industry easy. do that as a whole? <laughs> easy stuff. Yeah. Well, I think look, you know, there's lots of great initiatives going on. Um, you know, the industry still and tries to measure everything and explain it in in scientific. And, and numerical ways when perhaps we need to think in, you know, ways that might resonate on a, you know, a, a more of a spiritual or more of a, you know, values perspective. Um, you know, I, clearly the industry doing a lot around ESG because, mm. you know, obviously that's that's what people want, what they should want and what's good for, good for people and the planet. Mm. And then mm. last you know thematic investment quite interesting to us because we think maybe for the first time people are thinking about an investment in the context of uh how it's described or they or, or they understand it as opposed to be saying oh here is a you know msci global 250 etf you know what does that mean to your kids what does that mean to your parents your aunt you know and, and things so finally by saying you know it's a clean water fund or it's a, a sustainable uh, equities or you know, uh, uh, income fund, people are starting to get a clue about what they're actually buying, which I think is quite important. So Northern English stroke Australian language is what we need. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Keep so, it simple. Keep, keep, it, it, simple. keep it simple. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what the other of, thing, Rachel, yeah. sorry, the other thing where I really believe in is that I think people, humans, are fundamentally smart. And if you can provide them with information in a way that they can process it quickly, they will. And, you know, look at our children, how they've embraced digital, look how the, the way they've embraced technology, but more importantly, look how they've taught us. So, you know, if we could, if we could deal with complicated um, uh you know, products and and devices in, 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 like that, then why can't we do it in financial services? Absolutely. So talking about children, you have yeah. um, three boys. Um, three boys. Joe, Sam boys. and Jackie. Two of them are men now. I know, they are, absolutely. So I'm curious, do, do, do you think any of them will have any interest in, in joining the financial services industry? Well, I hope so. Um, but... You know, I'd love them to make their own choices. We've taught them to be, you know, I hope very well mannered, very engaged, and uh, you know, hardworking people. So they'll make their own choices. I hope. But you know, one of them's in Spain at the moment, mm. working uh, in marketing, doing a Spanish and business degree. Another guy is uh, the middle boy's somewhere in the uh, far east, uh, having a gap year before he starts law at Bristol, and the little fellow. Um, He's not so little either. Uh, you know, he's the art scholar at a, a school here in London. So all very different boys. And if they end up financial services, great, but there's no pressure for them to do so. No. But what do you think we need to be doing to attract talent to the industry? I, mean, I, I had um, somebody who, who had a first class honours degree in economics. Um, and I said, well, you should be thinking about joining the industry. He said, oh, no, boring. So, so what can we do to, to make it a little more exciting, um, interesting, purposeful? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I stayed in the industry from, um, you know, from the law because I, I was quite um, drawn to what it does. I think it's, it's quite an honourable and important thing, you know, given 
the privilege of looking after people's hard-earned or institutions' hard-earned capital and wealth and trying to do a better job and grow it for them, I think, is um, a pretty profoundly important and good thing to be doing, especially growing up with very little wealth and very little um, opportunity. Then, you know, I'm, um, I'm really into being enlightened capitalism and, you know, Wealth can get people out of grinding poverty and change lives and change communities. So um, that that's why I was drawn to it. I'm not sure we enthuse about it enough. Um, I'm not sure that we um, promote the good aspects of it. You know, it's uh, hugely focused on clients and end clients, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of disciplines in the industry, whether, you know, from marketing to sales through to fund manager, but everything else that, that makes it happen. And, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating and attractive industry where you can work with brilliant people uh, for a good cause and, and, you know, do well and enjoy yourself. So uh, I, I'm not sure we enthuse about it enough. Yeah. That's a good model. We need to put a little bit of excitement uh, and enthusiasm <laughs> back in the industry. Absolutely. So um, you come from Down Under. Um, yeah. You've had a lot of your career in the United Kingdom and in Europe. Um, so is there a difference between Australian leadership style and, and British leadership style? Um, sometimes. <laughs> there you go. I'll be, a little, I'll be a little bit British using the language. Yeah, there's a, a little bit of a difference. Uh, you know, I suppose, um, uh, you know, what you see sort of what you get from, from my perspective, um, sort of quite keen to sort of, just keep it simple, cut the nonsense and get to the issue and try and sort it out. Um, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy working with Martin because he's always challenging you and always trying to make you do better and, uh, you know, just wants to deal with the big issues and sort sort things out well and quickly. Um, I'm not saying Brits don't do that, but, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's a little more mannered and it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more um, uh, potentially convoluted conversation and uh you know it, it was funny working in luxembourg in in you know early 2000 where i think we had 27 nationalities at flemings and um you know it, it was very funny watching the the stereotypes operate there um but yeah i mean look at the end of the day um aussies torture the english language and and brits use it properly so um you know there's obviously a little bit of difference yeah. Um, and, and what do you think are the two leadership traits, Campbell, that have brought you your own success? Uh, well, um, probably a little too honest uh, with, with people. Uh, you know, I, um, um, I sometimes uh, just sit, call it as I see it. And, you know, perhaps I could be a little bit more thoughtful about some of those things. But um, uh, I think most people would say, look, Campbell can be pretty tough, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's uh, very passionate about trying to get a good job done, very focused on clients mm. and, um, you know, just, um, you know, would like to see people people do that. So it's it's sort of the focus and I, I sort of pride myself in, um, you know, not making sure that, always trying to make sure that you know, if I asked someone to do do it, it'd be something that I'd be happy to do myself or I have done myself. Um, and um, I think humility is quite important. Mm, I'd agree. So how important is being human in financial services? I think it's, um, 
I think if you're going to lead, it's it's very important. You know, you have to you have to show all those aspects of you know leadership. And you know, I know that uh, you know, some of the tough times that I've had, the the, the in, internalized pressure about knowing that mm. you know there are people out there looking at you and seeing how you scratch your hair or how you look today, and you know that um, you know being watched and 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 being analyzed for everything you do is uh is is quite um can be quite you know stressful in those regards mm. so what was, what advice would you give um uh young leaders who are up and coming in the industry if you were to give some piece of wisdom what would it be to them um look it's it is about our customers and our clients uh secondly it's about um you know it's about your people and your team and thirdly it's it's trying to get you know that that culture right between you know the balance between making sure people are focused making sure they understand what they've got to do and how they've got to do it and and getting it done so you know those those three things of client focus mm. um through to working as and operating as teams is are, are all super super important Mm. So, so, so Campbell, you've worked in the industry for many, many years now. It, has there been somebody that's been really inspiring in the industry, or even outside of the industry, um, in terms of their leadership style? Who would you um, like to acknowledge? I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've met a lot of really great people, um, and I've had the benefit of working for um, working with and for and alongside lots of them uh, you know if I there's a terrific uh, Martin uh, Martin's great because he's you know just so challenging and you know thinks outside the box and very keen about getting things done and oh. maintaining that huge client focus obsession uh, I enjoyed working for Jamie Broderick for many years at JP Morgan Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's um, he 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 also was very client focused um, and and extremely methodical and disciplined in the way he he operated. Um, I I had a, a terrific time working for Clive Brown, who uh, was the global CEO of of JPM and and Jardine Fleming for a while. He was he was extremely challenging. Um, right in could burrow down into detail and things and you know um, that was all good fun I, I worked with an amazing lady called Sarah Arkell who was probably one of the most gifted investors uh, I'd met so um, you know I've, I've had this this great privilege of working across several continents with all sorts of people but um, it, it, it's been great fun always learning always being challenged and Hopefully, always trying to move forward. Mm. And if there was a quality amongst all of them that that you could identify, what would that quality to be? I think it was focus. Mm. Um, you know, whether it, regardless of you know whether it was on detail, clients, strategy, or markets, I think it was their ability to to really you know uh, get mm. focused on the issues at hand, the the challenges in front of them, and the opportunities ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, um, th- that's probably the one word that maybe very loosely um, mm-hmm. connects them. Connects them. 
So, Campbell, I know outside of financial services, um, other than um, enjoying a good glass of wine with, with, with many people, including my husband, I know that you love sailing. Um, yeah. So tell me a bit about sailing um, and, 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 and what, what, what you get from that. I'm a terrible skier, as you well know. And, uh, you know, um, but so, so sailing's got, it's that in the moment thing where you're just concentrating on the boat, you know, the wind, the sails, and, you know, keeping it in that groove. And in that time, you know, you, you, your mind tends to clear of all those other things that, um, you know, get, get in the way and you're just concentrating and enjoying that moment. It doesn't matter whether it's rainy, wet, hot, cold, windy, or still it's, you know, you obviously need a bit of wind. It's that in the moment piece that's very exciting and um, very enjoyable. So it's your meditation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, read a, I read a little bit and, uh, you know. So. Yeah. And, and what do you think um, the financial services industry could learn from the greatest sailors on our planet, either present or, or historical? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. Um, I think I think uh, probably the probably two things is um, although everyone thinks the quickest route from A to B is a straight line in sailing, you, you don't often have that opportunity to be able to sail in a straight line. Um, so you know, uh, and secondly, just like um, the financial services industry. There's always things to sort of knock you off back, knock you off course, or to bring you back on course. And you're always dealing with with different challenges that are both unexpected and also expected. So, um, you know, making sure you're ship shape, you've got a decent crew, and you've got a bit of a game plan uh, is all very important. But also understanding that you know you have to react and proact to threats and opportunities. You do when you're sailing um, helps a little bit. Absolutely. So my last question of, of the day, if you had a, um, a soapbox, if you like, and an opportunity to send a message to this great industry that we're all affiliated, what would be your message, your leadership message to this industry? Um, maintain the rage around keeping focused on clients. I, I think that's, that's really important. Let's not ever forget it's their money. And without them, we don't exist. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, don't waste, a, never waste a good crisis or a, or a good opportunity. Um, lead positively, uh, I think, which is important. And um, lastly, you know, you know, I would say it's a, you know, it's a good industry that does some very important things um, and be proud of, you know, sensibly proud about the fact that you work for a good industry with great people and have a greater purpose. Great. Campbell Fleming, CEO of Asset Co, Antipodean, um, and uh, Brit- are you British as well or no? Um, I've never had the privilege of uh, getting a British passport. I do have my residency, but uh, my, sons are, uh, my sons are Brits, my wife's are Brits, and uh, so I suppose I'm, I'm an adopted one. But an adopt- I, adopted Brit. Adopter bear, but as most people know, don't support the cricket or the rugby teams. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much, Campbell, for being with us today on Flex and the City. Thank you, Rachel. And good luck with you and uh, 
you and the firm. I wish you every success. Every Thank continued you so much. success. Thank you very much. Love your work. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.